you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL podcast has no takeaways. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. We have no takeaways. That means I can take the earpiece off and go back to my house. Nothing It couldn't be more wrong. We have, like, what, 45 takeaways or something on the website right now? So we lied. 14 games times three. That's 42 good takeaways. Bang. 42 takeaways. That's our big, I would call that our, our flagship piece on Sundays if you're looking for just like a quick stop everything that happened on Sunday every game we have covered with three hot takes um not hot takes it's that's a pejorative term you know it's it's more like three insights on the game that was how about a vanity url for that kind of a piece that's true maybe nfl.com hashtag hot takeaways maybe that's not how the internet high octane takeaways if i if i could you know be amorous with a uh, article, if that was somehow possible, mm. like if I could get down with an article, you Make know love. what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, that this would be the article I would do it with. <laughs> um, you really love its peaches, want to shake its tree? That's that's a way to put it. So yes, that you could read all that stuff. It got weird real quick on today's show. You could read all that stuff on the NFL.com around the NFL page. Uh, but here at the Around the NFL podcast, we're going to go game by game through all of Sunday's action, and there was a lot of good games to get to. I believe, Greg, uh, there were 14 games on the schedule. Where did he get that info? Well, there are 14 games today, one Thursday, one Monday, 32 teams, 16 games a week. No buys yet. Nicely deduced. And they say he's not a scientist. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Still to come, by the way. we got a lot to get to. A lot coming up today. We have the Packers-Seahawks recap, the big Sunday night football rematch, which, yes, of course, is a... Uh, rematch of the NFC title game, and you know, a little spoiler alert: 
revenge was in the air. Also, we're going to get to, uh, we'll head over to Orchard Park where the Bills and the Patriots, a big AFC East showdown, uh, and we'll see how Rex Ryan is feeling after his second game of the year. And uh, then our old friend, Colleen Wolf mm. checks in. The Wolf Woman uh, will step in and jump in and cover some games with us. Uh, yes, Colleen, of course, of NFL Network. And NFL Now. And NFL Now. And Connie Fox. Stuff. All sorts of things. Yes. And uh, also, you want to check out the Around the NFL TV show. I call it Around the NFL column, The TV Show, uh, which is on all week uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, except for Greg on Thursdays when it is on you gotta 2 watch p.m. Out Eastern. You got to watch out for that on Thursdays. But they give you Andrew Siciliano comes up with a big extra long show. So. Yeah, so that's all. That's everything that's coming up. That's everything that's ahead. I'm excited. Wes, are you excited? I can't even contain myself. Navy blue polo with Wes. That means he's feeling a little blue. What's wrong, I like Wes? this kind of party. All of my shirts are blue. <laughs> Wes, super low energy right now. Is everything okay? Everything's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's going on. But before we get to the Sunday night football game, let's first share, as we did a week ago, one big takeaway from the day that was in the NFL on Sunday. Mark Sessler, we'll start with you. I had the pleasure of watching the 49ers attempt to uh, do battle with the Steelers, and they did not do well. Our potential team of ATL, not mm. one in my book. They got drum, bottom dropped 43-18. to 18. They got whacked. That's not, that's not what a team of ATL does. They just, they didn't, their defense that attacked last week had nothing going on. Pittsburgh outshined. 49ers are out. All right. Wes, big takeaway. The NFC East is wide open. Mm, prairie land. It's an open prairie land. The Cowboys are in first place, but they've lost their two most valuable players in back-to-back weeks. Des Bryant, Tony Hello. Romo. How is Brandon Whedon going to move this offense? I don't believe it. The Redskins are looking kind of frisky right now. You're mm. buying in on the Redskins. I'm not buying in on any a- 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 NFC East team right now. All right, my takeaway, Aaron Rodgers is a superhero. You take away Jordy <laughs> Nelson, no problem. Eddie Lacy gets carted off. Who cares? If you have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, you're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I guarantee it. Wow. That is <laughs> a hot takeaway. I love it. I guarantee it. Just watch. Ooh. My hot takeaway is that the Saints are in deep trouble. Of all the games today, them hosting the Bucks look like maybe the biggest slam dunk among them. For them to lose at home to Tampa Bay raises serious questions, I think, about where this team is going, you know, this season and in the future. All right. Very good. Those are good hot takes, guys. Let's now cycle back to the Packers and talk about the game that was, the Sunday night game, the final game of uh, the Sunday, Aaron Rodgers threw for 249 yards and two touchdowns. James Starks rushed for two- 95 yards in the place of an injured Eddie Lacy, leading the Packers to a 27-17 win over the Seahawks. Greg, the Packers 2-0, the Seahawks 0-2. This is not how we thought this season would start. It, it wasn't. It's not for the Seahawks. It, it basically is for the Packers. This was a game that I think was more important to them. Because the Seahawks are coming into their building. They're, you know, Aaron Rodgers is healthy. And I couldn't help but think of Chris Wesseling invoking, uh, you know, mid-career MJ at his peak, you know, when he was talking about Aaron Rodgers last week. I think about Wes a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I think about him. A all, lot. All the time. I'm honored. How like can you not in that blue polo? I mean, just the throws he's making across his body in the first quarter when... You know, the Seahawks were outside just over a couple defenders' heads to James Jones. That's the type of stuff peak MJ does. 
And yeah, and the comparison was about interrogating limits. Just mm. you're you're you need a creative outlet because you've gotten so good you're trying new things and that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And it's, you know, 1022 days since he's thrown a pick in Lambeau. Wow. And part of being a good team is, you know, the Seahawks do this in Seattle, Green Bay does it at Lambeau, dominating on your home field. That's, and that's exactly what they do. 545 passes over that span too. In the Seahawks 43 touchdowns. In a, in a between a rock and a hard place. They never sent any blitzes because they just were worried about how that's going to expose them in the back end. So they just let Rodgers kind of pick them apart. And his footwork on the touchdown in the first quarter and then in the fourth quarter where he just steps up in the pocket and just sidesteps it. It's so subtle how he does it. No other quarterback can do it like he can and then just rifle it into the corner for a touchdown. He's just on another level right now. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think the concern over Seattle's offense, it's, it's not burning up, but... Jimmy Graham, your whole point was you're going to go out and find a red zone threat and someone that Mm. can change the way that your passing attack operates. One catch, 11 yards. I realize it's going to take time to get him into the rhythm and get things going. It's not a panic situation, but Seattle is 0-2 for one reason, because their offense has no rhythm. Yeah, I'm worried about this offense level, because you don't know Jimmy Graham off to a slow start, and who knows, this could take a year. It might never happen to Seattle, Jimmy Graham. Maybe his fit was in New Orleans, where he's a superstar, and maybe he's kind of... Just another guy with some ability to make plays in the red zone here. And the other thing, Marshawn Lynch, who we know is an all-world running back, but this is now back-to-back games where he's getting swarmed in the backfield repeatedly. Um, I think Marshawn Lynch will be fine too, but this was, has not been a good start to the season to this offense. I think it's more about this specific game hmm. when I think about the takeaways. This is now back-to-back games in which Dom Capers has had their number. That The Packers' defense, which is not one of the best defenses in the NFL – I mean, they intercepted Russell Wilson four times in the NFC title game, and then they shut down Marshawn Lynch in this game. So, to me, that's impressive. And does this give the Packers basically a three-game lead? Yes, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't tie them. Yeah. They, they are now – you got to get three games ahead, which is, you know, a lot. Or you got to basically catch up three games. And, and I started thinking about all those teams back on the first day – of free agency. Remember when they had three gigantic trades all within five minutes of each other? That's my hot take. It's not working out for anyone. The Seahawks, they trade away Max Unger. They're 0-2. The the Saints trade away Jimmy Graham. They're 0-2. The the Ravens and Lions trade uh, for Nada. They're both 0-2. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's not working out. Don't make trades. Rams are the only one with a win. Stop writing off-season articles about trades. Could have saved a lot of online ink. (laughs) Keep trading. Trades are fun. No, I'm kidding. Trades Trades are are fun. fun. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, all those teams are off the slow start. DeMarco Murray signing not going well for either team either. There's a lot of things not going well in the NFL. We skew negative. But I I will say one one more point. I mean, the, the... the Seahawks are winning this game in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And they also had a chance to march down the field, and Russell Wilson got picked off on a screen pass intended for Marshawn Lynch uh, as they were approaching midfield. So, yeah, okay, the Seahawks are 0-2, but they they were competitive in this game in a tough spot at Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers healthy and killing everybody right now. So I th- we all think the Seahawks will still be okay, right? Well, they're going to be okay next week. They've got the Chicago Bears coming into town, and it's very possible that Jimmy Clausen's starting for the Bears. It's similar Oof. to last year. They're going to have to catch up right now. They're two games behind the Cardinals. That was what they had to do you know, midway through last year. They were, two or, they were three back of the Cardinals, and now they're going to have to be playing catch-up again. Who's foolish enough to write this team off? Do you want to hear from Doug Baldwin in about three months? Here's my <laughs> No pre- one well, is writing true. them off. Though, well, yes. Right? No, there will be fools all. this week. 
that write up you, oh, mark yeah. my words Some of people out no. there that say, oh, without Cam Chancellor, and now they're not going to have home field advantage, blah, 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 they're done. They will not be done. Well, I'll wait till they're eight and seven or something because if we took too many things away from <laughs> eight and seven's one, a little too late on the other well, side. Well, maybe it is, but if they, <laughs> after week one, it's way too early to start pronouncing yeah. people, everyone great and not great. And week two is just as much too early. All right, guys, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys, where Chip Kelly's offense was given fits by Dallas's defense, a 2010 Cowboys win at Lincoln Financial Field, but that is not the big news. The biggest news is Tony Romo, fractured collarbone, unknown timetable, but he's going to miss a serious amount of time. Brandon Whedon, Mark Sessler, is back in our lives. Wes, Cowboys are 2-0, but without their triplets, are they dead? Yes. Yes. What do you mean? Come on, we said this before the season when none of us picked him to go to the playoffs because if anything happens to either Romo or Dez, they're done. Now something's happened to both of them. I don't expect to see either of them on the field before what? Mid-November? Well, we don't know. Yeah. The earliest. Broken clavicle. There is some reports out there that Romo, you know, thinks maybe it would be eight weeks or something like that. They're 2-0 and right now. You know, not for nothing. They were going to win this game pretty handily without Des Bryant, you know. They, they did it with Brandon Whedon going 7-for-7. Seven seven. I'm just saying they are 2-0 and oh and it's a lousy Hold on, division. what? Brandon Whedon, 7-for-7. Seven seven. So they won it without Des Bryant, but what about the part where they already had a huge lead when Brandon Whedon entered the game? He didn't have a chance to screw it up. Greg, you aren't honestly hinging your argument around Brandon Whedon finishing the game 7-for-7. <laughs> seven seven. You, I, I you wrote the article last year when Brandon Whedon started, and I read it, and it said the coaches went out of their way to make sure that Brandon Whedon wouldn't be a factor in this game, and he was anyway because he was that bad. If you project Brandon Whedon's stats moving forward, he's going to have the best season any quarterback has ever had. Complete <laughs> well, every true. pass. One of, one of my favorite moments, by the way, of the season so far was after Romo goes down, and it's obvious that he's hurt badly. Even Aaron Andrews reported that he mouthed it's broken or something like that. So you know Brendan Whedon's coming to the game, and then they keep cutting to him on the sideline. He's just sitting on the bench, sitting on the bench. He's looking at notes. And Troy Aikman from Fox is even like, you know, I think that uh, Brandon should probably get up and throw a few. <laughs> and it, it was amazing, and it just spoke to the Brandon Whedon experience. But... Like Greg said, he's not going to throw an incompletion this year. Hey, when you're weeding, you you know you don't need warm-ups. He warmed up on the field with a game-sealing touchdown. I mean, it's amazing we've gotten this far into the, you know, talking about this game and the Eagles' offensive performance hasn't even come up. I think if you look at the rest of the NFC East right now, the Giants are in trouble. The Redskins are 1-1. One one. Is it that crazy to imagine, all I'm saying, the yes. way the Cowboys' defense is playing, that they could go 3-5 and five over the next eight games and they're right in the mix and, and when Romo, if Romo got back. Craig, here's the problem, though, because when you don't have Tony Romo, whether with or without Des Bryant, Tony Romo moves that offense. Suddenly you're going to deal with a quarterback that's going to give you two-plus turnovers a game. I guarantee you he's going to do that. Tony Romo is succeeding in a ball-control passing attack, which is the worst possible fit for Brandon Whedon's mm. skill set. Because he has no touch and he has no field vision, it's not going to work. But it put a ton of pressure on the defense and on their ground game, which, frankly, I'm not that impressed with the ground game. Let's, let's talk about the genius, the great genius Chip Kelly and the offense that could not be stopped. And we, we spent all summer slobbering over ourselves about the potential with Sam Bradford. But now we look at results through two weeks. And, yes, perhaps I'm having a little too much fun with this. I do like to see Chip Kelly fail. Don't know why. Don't know why I feel that way, where that's coming from. But the truth of the matter is eight quarters, and six of them have been terrible, where they have not moved the ball well, not scoring. So one good half against the Falcons does not make up for the fact that they've been bad on offense. 
today was complete comprehensive ineptitude on every level of their offense. Sam Bradford looked like the Rams Sam Bradford. His confidence was shaken. He was looking at the rush. Mm-hmm. He wasn't seeing the entire field. The offensive line was as confused as I've seen an offensive line in the run game. Rob, Rob Marinelli was running stunts, and the, the Eagles had no idea what to do with it. DeMarco Murray can't run sideways. He was built as a north-south runner when they signed him, and all of a sudden they've got him running toward the sideline. It's not a good system. The receivers are dropping passes. It was a complete comprehensive failure on every level of their offense. When they were wrecking the league two years ago, that line was playing. It was studs across the board, and they were a perfect fit for what he was doing. Sam Bradford, QBR of 5.3. Now, when other quarterbacks do that, we take him to the woodshed, and Bradford did not play well today. I'm not sure what the next I step is. I think Sanchez should have been in the game today. I, I, thought, do, I do, too, because it was Bradford salvageable at, some, was at one point. That wow. bad. In, in Philly, a chance to, especially after Romo goes out of the game, you have a chance to turn things around, and they stuck with him. And, you know, just back to DeMarco Murray a second. You know, we talked about, Wes, I know you pointed, everybody pointed out how slow he looked. I think, what was his tie, 13 carries for one yard today? He's on pace this season. Two, I believe. He's on pace this season for 88 yards total through two games. I mean, this is a guy that set a record last year in the NFL or tied a record for most 100-yard games. So, yes, maybe he's a step slower, but that wouldn't make up for everything. This is what we're seeing here is comprehensive failure from DeMarco Murray. Jerry Jones did not want to sign him executive of the year. Well, what about the Cal- – I mean, I think the Eagles offensive line has to be as big or bigger to blame – for this, Ryan Matthews isn't running the ball. I mean, as a Ryan team, Matthews they ran... only got one carry. What's up as, with that? As a team, they only ran for seven yards. It's crazy. This is the same team we all put in our top five of our power poll as a group. We had them running away with the NFC East, largely or at least partly based on the preseason. The and defense, then that's a mistake. You're the, right. The defense well, looked better. Well, I, I'm not sure it's a mistake yet. I don't think just yeah, because you have two awful games means they're done for the season, especially in a division where the leader is now without Tony Romo and Des Bryant. If this, if this two-game stretch happened in week eight and nine, nobody would pay that much attention. Mm. Just because People it's would the pay first, attention to this. I, this is, this I don't know. It's the first yeah. two weeks of the season, so we act like they can't come back and win a division where the Cowboys don't have their this two most valuable division players. is wide open still. That's fair. It's too early to count them out. Because I, I have a lot much of more confidence parts. in the Eagles right now than the Cowboys because at least the Eagles have personnel. The Cowboys don't have the talent right Two-game lead is significant, though. People act like a two-game lead. In that, week two? With 14 games left. If you, if, yes, that is Not if Brandon Whedon's the other guy, uh, the yeah, other quarterback. Well, you're that hoping to get Romo guy. and Des Bryant back at some point, obviously, or else, or when else Thanksgiving. Is over. When you are Chip Kelly and your team runs for seven yards, I don't care when that happens happens in the season what we think about chip kelly that is noticeable can you give i want to hear how much of it had to do with the cowboys defense though i mean don't they deserve some credit absolutely i did give them credit i said ron rob marinelli stunts had them confused all game and the front seven played great final question chip kelly fired today tomorrow what's the better move (laughs) he's running the show this isn't Rob Chudzinski. You don't send him home on Sunday night. Someone had a the great genius. tweet that uh, maybe only Chip Kelly could win because of Andy Reid's players. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> now that I got rid of all the players, it's over. That's a piping hot take. <laughs> all right, next up, <laughs> let's move on now to Orchard Park, where the Buffalo Bills are amped all week. All their fans, very optimistic fan base in Buffalo. But guess what? They came down to earth. Tom Brady threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Tyrod Taylor threw three picks. And the Patriots continued their dominance over the Bills, a 40-32 win. Greg, I need to ask you a question. Mm, okay. uh, as someone that is uh, a Patriot-ish fan. Um, You're a Patriot-ish fan now. Finally. That's, that's well, a silly thing that. to say. Okay. You, are, uh, you are. Is Tom Brady better than ever? 
at age 38? His arm strength is just as good as ever. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's better than ever, but he's right there. I mean, he had a throw, and Rex Ryan pointed out after the game, the Bills were up 7-0. The place was just going crazy. They went right down the field to start the game. They stopped the Patriots on a three and out. Then the Patriots had the ball back, and Brady just had a laser for 30 yards up the middle to Gronk, who was well covered. And it was one of the fastest throws I've ever seen anyone throw. Wow. wow, what a life Greg has once again. <laughs> and you know what? And oh, Wait, do you hear that? Uh, yes, I do. The minstrels and their flutes. The minstrels. There's a little angel strumming. <laughs> Here's some grapes, popping some grapes into mouths. Greg's mouth. And by the way, now they have one of the best all-purpose backs in the history of the NFL, right, Wes? Well, they have triplets. <laughs> this is goodness. why. Who are the triplets? Well, you've got Gronk, who's unstoppable. Poor Edelman. You've got Edelman, who's one of the most athletic players okay. in the in the, the NFL. Quadruplets. And you've got cool. Deion Lewis, who only three players in the NFL have more yards for scrimmage. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Matt Forte. And then Deion Lewis, you have to put him in the conversation now. Wait, because did Deion Lewis just bump Tom Brady out of the triplets in New England? <laughs> well. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. A, totally that, fair. Deion Lewis is so good, he fumbles <laughs> twice and can't even land in Belichick's doghouse because he's too valuable to take off the field. Just wait until he, he oversleeps. First, he makes the first guy miss on the run and as a wide receiver. He's incredible. He, he really, I know we're getting carried away with two weeks, but just the skill set that he has shown in two weeks, you would think he was one of the best running backs in the NFL. He has, he has been By the way, incredible. Yeah, and we've talked about this, and I know that we like to act like we discovered this guy 10 days ago, but Joe Banner had his oh sights boy. on this guy. Oh, no, Joe. he did. They were going to use him as a third down back, not an every down stud. Yeah, at the time, they had Trent Richardson, so yeah, you have to put that into account. That's, that's, that's two years that's ago. That's Mark, not the Browns fan, forcing Joe Banner into the conversation. Well, no, Joe Banner like sang about this guy endlessly, and everyone laughed at him. Well, now he's in a spread offense with light boxes, and he's the, he's in the perfect offense. And I'm not, Tom Brady. I don't think it would have happened with the Browns like this. It would not have, but it, when you put him in the Patriots offense, a lot of players that we wouldn't think succeed suddenly. Mark, don't give me those wild eyes. You're right. No, because I mean, got the wild eyes you know, on Sessler. It's not like this guy didn't emerge from the forest five hours ago. Well, nobody wanted him last year. He was out of the league. He's and coming this off year, an ACL tear. Brady just passed for more yards than anyone's ever passed on the Buffalo Bills ever in one game. Can we talk about the Bills' defense? And specifically, let's talk about Rex Ryan, who has made a, a life's mission to to beat Bill Belichick. He he opted to stay in the same division. Uh, as Bill Belichick, and this could not have gone worse. I mean, Tom Brady was through for 500 yards, for Christ's sake. This was Rex, uh, what he had to say after the game in a very different uh, setting when compared to the festive, festive atmosphere after they beat the Colts. You know, yeah, we got to get better as a team. There's no question, but I have to get better. Uh, you know, Belichick uh, now coached me, no question about it, and that, that's where the game uh, that, that's how it ended up. The plan has to be better on defense. You can't give up 500 yards and beat anybody. And then we turn it over three times. But, uh, you know, we did a horse job, and uh, it, it's, it's my responsibility. I think this was Rex Ryan being humbled. I don't need to hear any more about how Rex Ryan comes up with good plans for Tom Brady either. He watched them spread him out. And just throw the, they threw the ball their first 10 plays of the game. They ended up throwing it 59 times. Their running backs only had 10 carries. LeGarrette Blount only had two. 
It was basically the Patriots saying, hey, your whole style of football, Rex Ryan, is outdated. You're not going to get your substitutions in to try to blitz us. We're just going to play so fast that you're going to be stuck with the guys that you have on the field. And you can run the ball pretty well. We don't really care about running anymore. That's that's old news in the NFL. Well, Mark, right. you saw this all coming, too, because you thought that Rex is well overdue for another slice of humble pie, and that's exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, he was. It's all off-season. I'm jumping out of airplanes. I'm, I'm <laughs> in the airplane doing shots at Buffalo bars. You and think like that George George Bush, the former president's a punk? Well, he can go, airplanes? too. Forget that guy. Listen, if I'm Rex Ryan, <laughs> here's the show thing. Lately. How about you stop talking when it comes to the Patriots? The Buffalo Bills talked all week long based off a week one win that meant nothing. And, and here's the thing. Rex Ryan gives you the same thing on defense and the same thing with his teams week after week. The Patriots... Do something different on offense every time. Rex Ryan's never figured it out, and he never will. Fire is in the he eyes. Didn't, he didn't learn his lesson on what Greg said, that he's playing 1980s football. He didn't learn his lesson on what you said about trash talking because before the game, he said, Deion Lewis, I don't know his name. I don't need to know exactly. his name. After the game, he says, I still don't know his name. Next time, run the ball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Rex. running the ball doesn't matter. Rex Ryan. This will look good, Rex. In this game, said afterwards, maybe I had my team too fired up, you know, and a couple of the players said, maybe we were too emotional. This was too personal for us. And you did get the Life sense down, Rex. after they, they were up by seven, everything looked good early. You did get the sense after the Patriots had a couple of nice offensive drives, the Bills were just like, oh, what? You like the Bills oh, We're fans, not the best team in wait, the AFC? What happened? And they totally didn't fight back for most of the game. Suddenly the Patriots were up 24 points. And they just were trying to drop a 60-burger on them. They're throwing for 50-yard touchdowns on fourth and one. They're going empty backfield up Patriots vindictive? No. And then the Bills came back and, and had a pretty nice well, fourth quarter. Before we move on, can you just give us a review of Tyrod Taylor start two? Oh, it's huge red flags. He just held on to the ball forever. He took eight sacks. I would put five, eight. I would put five of those on him. He made a couple decent plays with his leg and, and did have a decent comeback once they were really trailing. But I think his first read was taken away. They kept him in the pocket, and he looked like a confused guy out there. I mean, Chandler Jones had three sacks, Jamie Collins two and a half. Well, and Sammy Watkins, you're averaging 30, week, 30 yards after two weeks. How good are things going for Greg right now? Remember that magical 2007 season? Mm. Oh, yeah. Through two weeks, Brady has more yards, more touchdowns, and fewer interceptions than that 2007 season. This was the ultimate throne of ease game, I have to admit. <laughs> I was thinking Greg that when I was Greg has a smile on that. his face, the width of the country. I did not expect this. I was like, wow, this is pleasantly amazing. You're the worst. Yeah, I made a good 12 and 4 to go with the Patriots today. You're the worst. I mean, I, I like you as a boss, but just there's too much happiness with you and your franchise, and I'm sick of it. Let's move on to another team that's uh, 2 and 0. Oh. They are the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's thanks to Andy Dalton, who continued his hot start to the season, throwing for three touchdowns without an interception and a 24 19 home victory uh, over the Chargers. The Bengals sit alone atop the AFC North at 2-0. and uh, And this was an uh, interesting game in that Dalton, who we're going to have questions about Dalton as long as uh, the months go by until we get to January and he does something. But this guy is playing very well, and he's got the weapons around him, and he is well set up for a Pro Bowl season right now. And, you know, how good is this offense? You have a game by Gio Bernard in which he rushes for 123 yards and 20 carries. He replaces Jer Jeremy Hill, who fumbled twice. Basically, Hill went to the doghouse. I'm sure it was just kind of a second-half type thing. I don't think this has a long-term effect. But it reminds you of how good Gio Bernard is. Uh, so you have the Bengals. They have a great running game. they got A.J. Green. Tyler Eifert had another touchdown. 
Uh, they took care of business against a, a good, not great, but good Chargers team. I like the Cincinnati team right now. Credit where it's due. If you watch uh, this show on NFL Now or on YouTube and you see the highlight package they put together for Andy Dalton, I mean, those weren't easy throws that he's that he's putting out there. He had three or four, like, high-quality, top-level quarterback throws. We expected him to have a career year this year. The, the surrounding town is there. Yeah. All that know. matters is what happens in January. Where's your P-scale on West of us, West? 2-0. He has five touchdowns, no interceptions. Probably a passer rating well north of 110 would be my guess. Say P-scale's up to 8.5 because if I, if I had to do an AFC power rankings, the Patriots would be the only team above the Bengals right mm. now. I think it's wow. like you get Tyler Eifert finally being what they thought he would be. And Marvin Jones is back. That's a much and Gino better situation. Atkins is Geno Atkins again. There you go. Uh, on the other side of the ball, promising game, I think, we for spice rack purposes – uh, Wes has some type of uh, friend or confidant or mentor. I don't know what's going on. He's this, like 10 years younger than me. This dude named Definitely Spice Rack. He lives <laughs> in an underground bunker in Vegas. Uh, correct me whenever I'm wrong with any of this info. He manages, or he doesn't manage, he's part of the Marquee Day Club nightclub in Vegas. Okay. The way that... <laughs> gotcha. That didn't go with the narrative. Sorry. The way that Mike Shanahan staked his reputation to John Beck... That's what Spice Rack did with Melvin Gordon. He had a nice little game, his second game, 98 total yards on 17 touches, made some guys miss, made some nice plays. And uh, one other note from this game, Keenan Allen, Mm. who had 15 catches, obviously, in week one, crashed down to earth. His first touch was a muffed fumble that led to a touchdown. He had two catches for 16 yards. So... Uh, big takeaway, Chargers, they're an okay team. But the Bengals, they look like a very good team. Get excited, Cincinnati. Jay Kirkpatrick talking some trash on Keenan Allen after the game, saying how he shut him down. And Kirkpatrick is part of the reason this, this Bengals defense Which, is It start. doesn't seem to matter who's coaching them or what the personnel is. Their cornerbacks always play really well. Hmm. Uh, one other note about Phil Rivers. He passed Dan, Dan Fouts as their franchise leader in touchdown passes. And he sniffed. He didn't get there. An NFL record. He had 22 completions in a row carrying over from week one. I'm surprised that didn't happen earlier with Fouts. Hmm. I, I'm just looking forward to the Chargers getting revenge on West of this. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a rematch Saturday afternoon. Sign it up, NBC. Chargers, Bengals. Going back to 2014. I remember that. It's actually going to be Chargers will be the wild card. The Bengals. It'll be Bengals Jets, and it'll be just like 2009 when the Bengals gag away a winnable game. Ooh, Shawnee Green ran all over him. He did. Uh, All right, moving forward. Hey, Mark Sessler. Johnny Football lives. The Browns quarterback connected on a pair of long touchdowns to breakout wide receiver. Yeah, I said it. Travis Benjamin in a 28-14 win over the Titans. Marcus Mariota was sacked seven times in his first start. Uh, since those Offensive Player of the Week honors Wes. For Browns 1-1. One one. Mark, I know you pretend you don't care, but I know you care a lot. Wes, what did you see from these two quarterbacks? Well, Mariota, first of all, he got confused. The Browns' defensive front owned the line of scrimmage. They had constant pressure on Mariota. And I think last week he saw all these soft spots in the Buccaneers' zone. This week he had to go up against man-to-man bump and run. There was no separation. He held the ball too long. He got hit a lot. His ball security was really bad. Um, so it was, it was, you know, he showed some toughness in coming back with a couple of touchdown drives in the second half, but definitely a step back for Mariota. What about Manziel? Manziel had the two long touchdown passes to Travis Benjamin, and Benjamin also had a, a punt return touchdown. Mm. But in between those two plays, Manziel didn't do much. I believe he only had... 60-something or 70-something yards on the rest of the game. Uh, And some of that was the coaching, too. Some of that was the play calling. But I would say Manziel did not – I would – he's not – 
we heard from NFL media insider Ian Rappaport before the game that, that McCown is entrenched as a starter, and I don't think that anything Manziel did upset that. That would be absolutely crazy to me. Because, yeah, maybe he didn't play well other than those two long crazy touchdowns. Crazy to LeBron James, too. Right, but he still did, though. He threw two long touchdown passes, and he got the, he has the city excited about him. Why would you put in Josh McCown when you're a rebuilding team or a team building towards something when you have Manziel who's making positive strides? Well, I think you could you could chalk up those two big plays to flukes, and if you do that, then he really didn't do anything again. Well, you could say that for a lot of things. Well, right, but they are. Is that a repeatable thing? I, don't I mean, know. he hit he hit Benjamin last week. Benjamin's the first player with four 50-yard touchdowns in the first two weeks of the he season should. since Jim Brown in 1963. Well, you were telling me Manziel freelanced a little bit on that last play, and I don't know if that's repeatable or not, but... He's done it a couple straight weeks. Well, no, Pettin said in the press conference that at one point on the second touchdown that Manziel threw, that he broke out of whatever was oh, going on. He right? absolutely did. And and they he he launched a touchdown, and, and the offensive coordinator John DiFilippo basically just Ooh. said in the headset, he was like, "Well, coaching doesn't mean anything because wow. it's like you just he once once you, once wa- the thing breaks down." Mark watching the uh, Mike Pettin press conference. No, I saw it in the email system. Conscious uncoupling. Oh, he's got a big smile on oh. his You gotta admit, this you're, is a you're great loving, day for well, No, because the flip side of this game is if if you're Cleveland, is Terrence West runs for 140 yards and Mariota throws eight <laughs> more touchdowns, but their defense actually showed up. I this you, was, you watched it, you can tell. Did the defense look good or not? They look fantastic. There's a glint in Mark's eyes today. Not only did the Browns win and don't let anybody fool you, that means a lot to him. He got Rex eating humble pie, which you love. That might the, mean more. Yeah, the Ravens <laughs> going down in flames. That might mean more. Everything coming up Cecil on this Sunday. I don't buy that. You're talking about uh, that you're already trying to change the narrative. You, you were saying you weren't really getting off the Browns train. It was just you didn't like people coming up to you at the office and talking Browns. When you make a decision that is emotional. <laughs> well, hold on. When you make a decision that's very emotional, which this was, you start to unpack it as the days go on after. And what I am realizing that I enjoy, and it might be because we switch seats in our office, but I don't have anyone coming up to me every two minutes being like, ooh, the Browns suck. So you, it's like, well, that's I not just, because I, they, no, no. they don't know that you gave this up This is what's the problematic about that narrative, is that Mark's saying he now quit the Browns because too many people are asking him about the Browns. No, because in the sense. office, it is an incredibly tedious thing to nah, do. Come on, tell the truth. You're back Your on. Your text when you broke up with them were about not making bold moves and not going to get Chris Carter. So. I wanted Duran Carter. I wanted Kristen. I wanted Kristen. And you Michael. said you were out, and you said it was about 30 years of abuse, and now it's about um, Ali Bombardi downstairs coming up <laughs> no, to you and saying, No, it's not Ali. Hey, how about, how about those Browns? Well, listen, the office environment is tough when you're it's rooting phony. for a perennial nightmare. Well, you, no, none of you guys picked them, right? No one did. No this, was a game, no one did. this was a game that they really needed. I mean, it, it sounds it stupid, is. but it's the second week of the season. You, you don't want to go 0-2. You don't want to lose to a team like the Titans on the home. A lot of people assumed that they would lose this game, and the defense, which is what this team has to be all about, played great. All right, so while Marcus... Calm down, Greg. <laughs> well, Marcus Mariota came down to earth a little bit. Jameis Winston had a nice bounce-back week in his second start, the number one overall pick. Outplayed Drew Brees in the Superdome, and the Bucks bounced back with a 26-19 win over the winless Saints. Wes, this was the Winston the Bucks hoped to see when they took him with that number one pick. Didn't take much to outplay Drew, Drew Brees in this game. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the Saints secondary was just what the doctor ordered for Jameis Winston. Because the Saints secondary is probably the worst in the NFL. They're terrible. Winston had uh, a couple of good throws. The touchdown to Vincent Jackson right before halftime. Beautiful throw over two defenders. 
And then he threw off one foot 54, 54 yards down the field to Lewis Murphy uh, when Delvin Bro lost oh, the ball in the lights. Up, bro? The same up, Delvin bro? bro. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Who had four <laughs> penalties in his first game. Delvin Bro and Damian hey, Swan. Not your big fat. Not exactly Manyfield and Dixon. Sup, bro? <laughs> <laughs> hey, question, Wes, because uh, Drew Brees, you know, we were talking in the offseason how maybe he wasn't quite as good as he was a couple years earlier. And now he doesn't have a great offense around him anymore in some ways, or not as good as it's been in recent years. Is it fair to start the discussion whether Drew Brees is in irreversible steep decline? Well, I thought it was fair until you said steep. Okay. Mm. He's of course it's fair to say he's in irreversible decline because he's he's an aging player. So well, not in today's NFL. Tom Brady's playing like he's 24. Tom Brady's a better player than than Drew Brees and always has been. I'm this, sorry. This is one of those teams, and I talked about it a little at the, at the top of the show, that the, the, the season is getting late fast. They're going to Carolina next week. They're 0-2. This is a team kind of like the Eagles that most of us picked to win the division. This is a really rough loss, and they need to start winning games fast. I mean, not, it's pretty ugly to, lo- to lose to the It's not all on Breeze. They don't trust their wide receivers there, you can tell. Willie Sneed is getting the ball as much as anybody. And, Dan, have you hey, ever Snead-o. heard of it? Have you ever heard of a gentleman named Jacquees Smith? Yeah, actually. No, I've never heard of him. He's not in the NFL. He had three sacks today on Drew Brees. Oh. Wait, one question, though, because the Bucks coming out of last week, and obviously we realized and we overreacted to a number of narratives coming out of week one, but their defense looked like an absolute train wreck, about to give up 600 points this season. And then you shut down New Orleans. I understand it's not the offense of a couple years ago, but in New Orleans, who's now lost six straight at home, how did the Bucks defense do that? The Bucks came to play. They should get credit for that. But I think the Saints were they it's the same malaise they had last mm. year where they're just off kilter and it seems like they're not even mm. like you know, we heard we heard it attributed to Junior Gillette being a, a punk, basically, and a bad influence in the locker room. And that's why things didn't work out last year. They're not playing any different. That falls on Sean Payton in my book. Well, and, and Rob Ryan. I mean, this this feels like when I'm reading the, uh, the game stories that it wasn't a game that the defense blew. I mean, they kept turn they kept getting the ball back for the Saints' offense. That if anything, it was the Saints' offense which lost. Well, everybody everybody's at fault. Breeze had a really bad interception after he had his right shoulder hit, so he was actually trying to loosen up his shoulder. So he gets blamed for that. They get the ball back with three minutes left, and Ingram fumbles after he had played a pretty good game. So there's all kinds of blame to go around on this Saints team. Let's talk about another team that is undefeated after two weeks. Carson Palmer threw for four touchdowns, three Chris Wessling to the ageless Larry Fitzgerald, and the Cardinals cruise to a 48-23 win over the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, We have injury news out of this game. Jay Cutler strained his hamstring, and really, you know, Jay Cutler way, uh, it was chasing down a defender after an interception <laughs> that went for a touchdown. Uh, so he was replaced by Matt Clawson, who is pretty much inept in many, many Jimmy ways. Jimmy Clawson. Uh, what did I say? Matt well, you were, Might as well be Matt Clawson. You can put him in his brother. It would have been the same same thing. Uh, so, yes, the Bears, to me, and we, no one is a fan of Jay Cutler, especially the denizens of Chicago, but put Matt Clawson in there for multiple weeks, the Bears Poor become... <laughs> Matt Clawson. <laughs> Who put, is Matt Clawson? You're thinking of Matt Slauson. If you put Carl Clawson in there, they are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Is that one of your uncles? Yes. Uh, Dave Johnson, uh, by the way. David. We, I call him Dave. <laughs> keep rolling. Right. Immediate, immediate difference maker. 108-yard kickoff return to start the game. He had another. He had a third. What? What's so funny? No, I'm He's third, a- 13-yard touchdown run. His first three touches as a pro 
All touchdowns, so that guy's saucy. He broke a record. First player in history to score kickoff return, pass, and run wow. in his first two games. Matt, you put Matt Clausen and uh, <laughs> Dave Johnson on the field at the same Doug. time. Things are going to get a little crazy. Doug Clausen, Jimmy Johnson, you put him there. Um, so, yeah, and finally, Carson Palmer, by the way. Looks guy, good, doesn't know, he? Was he hurt? Was he ever hurt? I don't know. He looks like exactly the same guy. Uh, Carl Palmer is one of the best <laughs> quarterbacks the Cardinals have ever had. It's certainly the best quarterback uh, since uh, Kurt Warner. So this team, uh, you know, team around the NFL, we, we flirted with them earlier. Uh, we got a little off him as the preseason wound up. And I, I think there should be some thought again about the Arizona Cardinals in this. Well, number one on my list. Well, we mm. should have done it last year. Bruce Arians is our spirit animal, and he went for it today. He gets Wes, up you can't him, say that because we wanted him last year. We wanted him last year. I wanted him last year. This whole narrative oh, that phony. I was the that only one. You're phony. Go to I the tapes. I am not the only one. Some listener needs to find We need a tape. listener. If, if you are a listener out there that can find Wes shooting down the Cardinals and send it to us, TD will send you money. I'm on board this year. To all those people <laughs> who didn't think that Larry Fitzgerald could still play, eat it. By the way, Jimmy Clausen, QBR of 3.2, so Sam Bradford was not the biggest stinker this week. Mm. That's a good ERA. All right, let's uh, move on to the San Francisco 49ers who are, you know, back to, uh, back to the earth. That they are living in this world now. That's good. Uh, terra firma this is another way to call it. I'm a big fan of Who knows? Ben Roethlisberger threw for 369 yards and three touchdowns. Antonio Brown did Antonio Brown things, which means nine catches for 195 and a score. A 43-18 win uh, for the Steelers. Mark, the Steelers buried all those good vibes around the Niners, didn't they? This game was over so quickly. I, they, they really had their way with the Niners' defense, which I thought after what we saw last week, the one thing I thought that would stick with San Francisco was their attacking defense that went after people. They had nothing to give the, the, the Steelers. The Steelers also did something unusual. I think it's the first team that really mm. reacted aggressively to the extra point rule, or they don't at all trust Josh Scobie, which makes sense. Who will be cut tomorrow, probably. I, honestly, he might be. They, they went for two-point two conversions on back-to-back -to -back touchdown drives, made both, got up 16-0 early. Mm, I love scored it. Scored another touchdown, finally wheeled out Scobie to kick the extra point. <laughs> and he Literally in a wheelchair. It. They, he they roll him in. Wheeled him out. They wheeled him See, out. The extra point rule, Dan, that you don't like. It's making it a little more I exciting. hate it. Crazy I, numbers on the board. I actually, it makes me hate the NFL now because all these missed Stop. extra points. There are now more missed extra points this year through not even week two finished than all of last Good. season. How exciting. But if it leads to more teams going for it on two, then I could be sold on it. But I haven't seen it for more than one well, team. Well, I could see more teams doing it against the Niners. They after like they put Teddy Bridgewater in hot water. I thought he played one of his worst games as a pro. We all thought that. Zero sacks, zero quarterback hits today against the Steelers. Dirty Peter? How about uh, Ben Roethlisberger? He's in part this, of the reason. In this game alone, he had completions of 56, 59, 48, 41, and 35. That's wow. some old school stuff, and he only threw 27 passes. He is the best vertical passer in the NFL. You know, it's There's the old no Zeusers MVP pick. That's a good pick. Saucy. He might not be years. wrong. Let's, let's, we talked about the 49ers defense. The, the defense I want to know about is the Steelers. They need Ryan Shazier to be a stud. Give me an update on him. Shazier looked great. And it's oh, yeah. speed translated. I think they had five sacks today. And, I mean, the defense in Pittsburgh, I think it's going to be a week-to-week -week thing because they're not going to match up well with some teams. 
Their secondary is still an issue, but the 49ers are not a team mm. that can go in and take care of a secondary. And Kaepernick wound it up, he wound up with 335 yards, but that was all garbage time. They had the team had 33 yards passing at the half, had a lot Ooh, to do with yes. Pittsburgh putting pressure on them from start Shazira, to finish. Shazira, now that's they're what, making the leap, candidate. We're on fire. And that's what I was saying on our last show. All the Steelers need to be is like an average defense. They don't need yeah. to be great. They can't be terrible, but if they're okay, the offense will carry the day. One last thing before we move on, we get our, our good friend, the talented Colleen Wolf, in the studio is team of ATL or ATN. Mm. Uh, we were pumped up about the Niners. Um, Titans? And, and the, you know, the Titans. Well, and now we need to take a step back from the Niners and see what happens next week. I think it depends what we're looking for. We're looking for a team that's going to, without question, go 12-4. and four then it's going to eliminate right. a ton of teams. We don't I don't want that myself. Playoff team. I, don't, I, don't. I don't need a playoff team. I need them to be fun to watch. Well, you wouldn't That's have had fun my watching. My number one through six qualifications. Mm. Well, then the, the Niners in your book would not have That was that my hesitation today. when I blocked it last week. All right. We will now. This is a very special honor. All right. Speaking of special honors, up next, coming into the studio, she is Colleen Wolf. And there she is. Hey. Wow! What is up? Just the materializing out of nowhere. Welcome. Wolf. Energy yeah. after a 14 Woman. Year. I've been drinking lots of coffee. Mm. We've oh. been drinking too. Tons of coffee. Coffee. We've been drinking as well. Not getting into it. You uh, spent your day. You were over doing the couch show. Yeah. With a, what's it called? NFL Game Day Blitz. Yes. 2000. It so. is. Dot com. Blitz. Dot com. Yeah. So I, I actually sat in um, for NFL Now. It's an NFL Now program where you are kind of just. You're moderating things, if you were. Yeah, we're watching all sorts of games. We're uh, going over social media aspects. all day long There's Sunday during pizza. the game. There was seven even, hours. There and was beer that came in at one point. Did they bring the pizza girl in this time? I noticed last week they had her on. The oh, he was the pizza girl, Rosie. Oh, it's a woman, by the way, Mark. Right. Well, she was a girl. She was like 16, I think. I did she deliver pizza in my life young. for multiple establishments. And strawberries. <laughs> pizza pie. So, Louise's. <laughs> Yeah, you did a great job. So we, we haven't had Colleen in here in a while. We figured, let's get her in on Sunday. She can help us out with some of these Perfect. games. Uh, a friend of the show. One nice. of the best friends of the show, yeah. I'd say. So you want to get sweet. going? Let's do it. It is, it is a sweet moment, sweet gesture <laughs> by the old Zeuser. Let's go on. Uh, we'll start at the Meadowlands where Julio Jones, my goodness, had 13 receptions. His final catch, a 37-yarder to set up the go-ahead touchdown with less than two minutes to play. And the Falcons moved to 2-0 with a 24-20 win over the Giants. Colleen, for the second straight week, the Giants found a way to choke, blow it, gag. It's crazy. I mean, at least they're being creative at this point, finding new ways to lose. Mm -hmm. Eli, the thing is, the Giants' defense late in games is just, they're just letting the opposing offense just march right down the field without really any resistance at all. That's sort of what we saw. But also, Eli, he had two crucial errors on that final drive. He overthrew... Um, to Beckham, and then he really missed on a toss to Larry Donnell. Both guys were wide open. They also got killed by a drop on the last play of the game. Yeah. Uh, but a pass, even that pass wasn't great, so Eli for the second straight week, uh, it could have been better when the games counted the most. How about this? Falcons team's actually, you know, fun to watch, and they're winning games late in games. They're managing situations well. It's like the anti-Mike Smith Falcons, essentially. 
which were not fun to watch. Well, I mean, if anyone anyone who likes football, if they logged on to our website and read the bold predictions, you knew that Julio Jones was going to go off. That's Wait, true. you predicted that Julio Jones would have a good game? Yeah, it's wow. really out there. How did you do it? Outlier type prediction. You said 250 yards. Well, a little bit off. And he did. Well, my prediction that, that he would him and Odell Beckham would kind of balance each other out was kind of correct, too. Beckham had about 130 yards at the half and a touchdown. I don't think he did much in the second half, did he? No, I, he, I don't think he got the ball once. 146 total. And, you know, I, I grew up with almost all Giants fans. I was There were not a lot of Jets fans in the town I grew up in for whatever reason. And it was still I, funny. It was smart. It's been, yeah, it was very smart. Listen, I don't know how this, this happened to me. The story of <laughs> overcoming adversity. It is. What do you know about anything, Greg, other than your band Delaware failing in a big spot? Wow. <laughs> how dare you? No, but I got the text I got from Giants fans again for the Second Street Week from my friends. They are, listen, they are on a deadly watch. But I'll say this about the Giants. As bad as things are, they should be 2-0. and They're 0-2. So like we talked about the Cowboys and the Eagles, and this is a wide-open division, even at 0-2. It is. And, I mean, we did see Eric Flowers go down, their first-round draft pick. And you want to make Flowers? Already in there for Will be. <laughs> drops now. <laughs> I can't. Every time I hear that drop, it skeeves me out still. I can't even hear it. Anyway. It's a good reason. So that offensive line, obviously not looking good with Flowers down. And oh. Julio Jones, after the game, by the way, I don't know if you heard this quote from him. But he was asked about that one amazing catch that he had. Mm. And his response was, which one? Seriously. I feel like all of them are amazing when I catch the ball. You know, that's Who not are we to argue with? That know. should have come from Odell Beckham. Yeah. That wouldn't have are you sure that wasn't from ODB? It was not. Julio, that's not becoming. That's a, you don't hear him. Just it's great. Being it's that, great. I like it. It's like something you would hear on Ballers. It's much better than like hearing Russell Wilson show. talk for five minutes and say nothing. This is what you TD. do when you sign a, a huge contract and then you back it up with two monster games instead TD. of getting hurt. Like this, you don't right? like Ballers, do you? I don't like Ballers. I do like Julio's uh, comments, though. I prefer that to, to yeah. Wes's, Wes's point than Russell's, Thank like, you. you know. Monday. Russell Wilson, your favorite bold. player. Yes, I mean, we weren't there. Like Julio could have been though. saying it with a wink. I imagine he was. Colleen Julio's wouldn't mislead us I don't like know. that. Ralph Vacciano, is that how you say it mm -hmm. from the New York News? Yeah. Ralph Vacciano. I know. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say it the yes, Italian Kevin way. Kevin Coleman also hurt in this game. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Or, I mean, no, it was Yeah, he, he left. Part of it. Does anyone sound more like an early 90s pop star than Tevin Coleman? The failed pop star. Campbell, baby. Um, all right, let's move on. Rookie Matt Jones ran for 123 yards and two touchdowns, and the Redskins played some solid defense and a 24-10 win over the Rams on Sunday in Landover. That's where they play. A little tip. FedEx Field. Uh, Mark, coming off the week one win over the Seahawks, this is just about the most Ramsey move the Rams could have done here. Typical stink it out. Less need. Cut your hair. Well, credit to Dan, because, Dan, you, you were saying all along that whatever happened in week one with the Rams, very typical home thing, go beat the mm. Seahawks, get everyone overexcited, including yep. our boss who employs us. I'm and, still excited. Well, you were excited. But Dan was the one who said they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, no matter how you lay it out. And they could not handle it today because I think they came up against a Redskins team that I looked at before the season and thought, these guys could go 2-14 and because there's chaos at the quarterback position. I don't trust Jay Gruden, and I don't trust the defense. But instead, what they built, I think, is a much tougher defensive line than what they had last year. They absolutely controlled the line of scrimmage. They shut down the Rams to about 200 total yards or so. And in the first half, St. Louis could do absolutely nothing. And Matt Jones and the Redskins running game, they look spicy. 
Well, they they want to talking this up, Matt Jones. You were. They want to win like Rex Ryan. They want to run the ball, play good defense, and hide their quarterback a little bit. Today was perfect. To to play a little uh, devil's advocate there, you know, eternally Jekyll and Hyde Dolphins team. Uh, they beat in Week One. Now they beat the Rams, who are always up and down. They lost to the Dolphins. Played good on defense. Right, right. But you don't know, the Dolphins. You don't know if the Dolphins were playing well or not. You know, the Dolphins. You never can tell. I want to see them right. put it together against teams on a on a grander scale before I decide that Washington has a good D this year. But off to a way better start than a lot of people thought. Yeah, I mean, they've given up 141 yards total on the ground in two games. I think the thing is also we just talked about it in the NFC East. The Eagles are extremely schizophrenic. The Cowboys have lost their best, their quarterback and their best receiver. Wait, are you saying the Redskins are in the mix for the NFC East title? How are they not? This, oh, wow. A million seven team could win this division. You got a Sessler about that? No. I just say, you know, scientifically, trust, it seems possible. Who do you trust more, this Redskins team that's shut and fooled down or Brandon Whedon? Well, I, well, I trust some, Kirk Cousins a lot more than Whedon. Cousins looks down. They're not, you know, let's, let, let's see it do it with other Well, the Seahawks didn't do that. Right. The Ra- I mean, especially if you look at the Rams, they beat the Seahawks in week one. And when you're looking at the matchup heading into this week, you think the Rams can definitely take this game. This is a big loss for them. Oh, it's Plus four incompletions for Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's a very positive, clean, clean day from your boy. He was Mark. very clean. And the other thing is, I thought watching the Rams during the week that the defensive line was going to absolutely have Cousins shattered by the end of this game. Two sacks, they held him under control, and they did a nice quick passing arrangement where Cousins got the ball out quick to running backs. Jordan Reed looked good, too. With this offensive line that everyone was convinced was going to be a train wreck, and RG3 was the problem, not the offensive line. Mm. Uh, Moving on, Jason Myers kicked the 28-yard field goal with one minute and eight seconds to play. The difference maker in a Jaguars 33-30 win over those Miami Dolphins. Uh, Blake Bortles looked like the preseason Bortles, throwing for 273 yards and two touchdowns. Greg, reason for legitimate optimism in Jacksonville? Uh, Any win is reason for optimism. I was ready to call him the Jack who. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm serious. You're being a jerk. You're a fan the whole (laughs) offseason. You look forward to these days. You're at home uh, against a pretty, you know, decent Dolphins team. you got to enjoy this moment. I don't think it means that the Jaguars are necessarily going places, but I think for the second straight week, their defense has been greater than the sum of its parts. They fly around, a lot of energy. And Blake Bortles and the offense definitely took a big step forward compared to last week. They had one great half and one terrible half, which was better than just a a really terrible game, which they had a a week ago. They didn't do anything in the second half. But Bortles, when he got the ball back with about two and a half minutes to go, he led them on a game-winning field goal drive, and away we go. That's progress. Finally, you go to Jacksonville, and there's something to do other than to get into that tub thing with the clear side where it's like everyone can see what you're wearing. I it's thought so Bortles That's played. Odd. It's <laughs> Bortles played better than his numbers last week. A little bit, but he um, also misses throws by like he missed five or six throws every game, and he did it this t- today too by about 10, 15 yards. The albino tiger played. <laughs> Marquise Lee. Mm. Oh yes. Yeah, there's a sighting. Did he do anything? No. Did one catch for 12 yards. yards. Allen Robinson had 156 yards and two touchdowns before halftime, which wow. is outrageous. He didn't have anything in the, in the second half. Uh, but for a half, this was a really fun quarterback battle between young you know young rising quarterbacks in theory Tannehill and Bortles and then in the second half neither one could move the ball really after one well, drive and also Julius Thomas is not in the lineup I think that part of yeah. they had a huge plans for him and they're not able to do what they want without him in the, without him there but 
this is the kind of offense, it's one of these teams, and I don't want to get back on this bandwagon, so I've done this five times. Don't do it, Mark. Don't do it. But no, but they've got the pieces in place, and maybe they're the kind of team by December. It's not the record, but we're saying there's something going on. Well, I think Allen Robinson's a potential star. Anything anything to say about your boy, by the way, Ryan Tannehill, Greg? He was one of the more positive aspects for the Dolphins, but I'd be really really worried that they lost their... We saw what happened last year. I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all without him. He left in the second quarter. The game changed when he left. Lamar Miller ends up with 14 yards. Tannehill got sacked uh, when the replacement for Albert uh, gave up uh, a blindside sack, and it could have been really a game-ending touchdown. Uh, Jason Fox. It, it didn't work out that way. And I'd worry a little bit about uh, how about this defensive line for Miami that was supposed to be so great. And Dominick and Sue had no impact in the game. They had no sacks. The Jaguars had given up four, at least four sacks in a game for a really long streak. That's disgraceful. The they had no sacks and barely got to <laughs> That's disgraceful. And yeah, Dominick Sue is getting yeah. paid like a billion dollars a snap, and he can't even get to the quarterback. Where's Cameron Wake? This is the same old Miami Dolphins. And I was on the couch, the couch <laughs> show. Sorry. <laughs> Scary Colleen. <laughs> This, this is the. This is just this coming is the to Studio butter. 66, like 11 Ben's hours into a workshop. Stuff starts to get crazy. Uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh you're yeah, disgraceful. Yeah. We were you're talking disgraced. about yeah, disgrace. <laughs> you're very upset. The, the Dolphins. You could get excited if you want about the Dolphins, and if you are a Miami fan, I know handsome Hank is in this building. But can you picture? Joe Philbin hoisting a Lombardi trophy. Not now. No. Of course not. So, you know, get him out of there. Get somebody in there. This was, this was the type of game that the Dolphins have continued to lose. Whenever you have a little bit of a chance of momentum, you lose to a bad team. And Mark, pools, as I've gotten older, are becoming increasingly phobic of them. And I don't know why. Pools. Yeah. yeah. And it's mostly because of the gross human element of it and the, the you know, excretion. Swim pools? Yeah, yeah swimming pools. And can you imagine a, a pool set up at a stadium where people are drinking oh. a lot of beer and they don't want to miss any plays? Listen, I don't know. I've not been there. I don't Leave want to. JD you know. talks about that pool a lot. Yeah? Yeah. One what do you say? Yeah. I don't know. Show. We'll just leave. <laughs> he, really, he really likes the pool. He's are been are the pool. you our NFL pool insider, Colleen Wolf? <laughs> I am. Now I am. All right, moving on. Not, not literally inside the pool. No. Derek Carr, come to life, buddy. The Raiders quarterback threw for 351 yards and three touchdowns, the last with less than a minute to play, leading the Raiders to a 37-33 comeback win over the Raiders. Mark, was the football, Wes, cognoscenti. And perhaps some people in this very room too quick to doubt Carr's ceiling as a pro. I'm very excited, Colleen. I well, can't I mean, calm down. I don't think anyone in <laughs> here would bring me down. Nobody wrote Derek Carr off. It's not so much that. I just think that like, it's so we're so quick to want to judge quarterbacks in general, and it's like he's still growing. I think there's some of the flaws that we saw in Derek Carr. That Greg, you you saw flaws, and they're, they're still there. But as a oh, term, so you're taking shots at me. Well, you know, oh, it. It, 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 it is. Well, it. You, you don't like well, Derek Carr. You don't like Derek Carr. No, I thought he was. He didn't show much last year to be excited about. I think it helps Absolutely. now that you have Amari Cooper, who did a lot, because Amari Cooper automatically is taking away your top people in the secondary and guys like Michael Crabtree at his first hundred yard game since in two years. Because I remember that guy. Yeah, I mean, he looked fine. And honestly, it, it, the Raiders to me with Derek Carr when he's playing like this. Against a bad defense like Baltimore looked today, they're not that bad. They were watchable. It was the most Just exciting Baltimore, game I watched today. A team with a bad defense. They're coming off their a defense, great performance in week their one. Their defense today. I want to find out what I want to watch it again. I want to see what happened because it was an absolutely rough situation. So they couldn't get to Derek Carr. They couldn't cover anyone. 
He, he threw the ball and marched the team down the field inside two minutes for the win. That's not what we think of the Ravens. Well, it's a valid point that we're too quick to write off young quarterbacks. It's, I think it's also a valid point that too, we're too quick to give them tons of credit after one decent game. That's All right, fair. well, then it's somewhere in the middle, but he's actually played well today. But, but, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Cooper and Crabtree having a good game and Latavius Murphy at running back, I mean, I'm thinking between these two teams, who has the better weapons? And it's not even close. Derek Carr has much better weapons than oh, Joe yeah. Flacco, which is a big problem if you're Joe Flacco and the 0-2 Ravens. Does Joe Flacco get an excuse when he missed a wide-open Steve Smith on no, a No, I'm not talking about excuse. I'm just talking about it's a problem for this team, and now that they're 0-2... Both games on the road. But. How about Crockett Gilmore, guys? Oh, he looked Crockett. fantastic. And you know what? He looked great in the preseason. Yeah. And I honestly think, outside of Steve Smith, he's their best weapon right now. I mean, they don't have something else. They don't have anyone else to throw to. And he made plays. He, he looked great today. Oh, he's a huge Crockett fan. I just, his name is so He made good. plays. All Crockett all the time. You couldn't come <laughs> up with a worse defense against tight ends right now. Look what Tyler Eifert did in the first mm. game. Mm-hmm. This yep. secondary is right up there with the Saints is the worst in the league. Well, and that's, that's why also, I mean, Flacco and Mark Tressman can walk away disappointed, but he threw for 384 yards. And the problem is that teams are going to do this to the Raiders all season long. Oh, yeah. It's a big win for the Raiders, though. Coming off what was an embarrassing loss in week one in your building when you go down 33 nothing to start. Bounce back with a win. Get some hope back in the building. Good. And by the way, the yelling... That's I recently enrolled in the Trent Dilfer School of Broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you're uh, it's you're a very through that course. Program. You're a precocious student. So glad we're sitting next to each other. <laughs> yes, the program is very thorough and it involves a lot of yelling. Indoctrinated. All right, moving on. A crazy thing happened to the Vikings on Sunday. They gave the ball to Adrian Peterson, and good things happened. The running back totaled 192 total yards and 31 touches, 26-16 win over the Detroit Lions. Colleen. AP should be touching that ball 30 times every game, right? He should. I mean, we saw last week he had 13 touches, and he got 31 rushing yards. This was such a different script this week. And, well, there were a couple bad things as well with Adrian Peterson. He had two fumbles, and he missed some blocks. I could think of another bad thing with Adrian Peterson. Well, we're not going to go there. Just today on the field. Okay. Um, But... You know, he, in the second quarter, I think he had just, what was it, three carries, one yard. But, I mean, you have to give him the ball because it takes pressure off Teddy Bridgewater, and he had a much better game today. 14 for 18, 153 yards, and a touchdown. A much different quarterback than we saw in the first game where he just looked very skittish and unsure of mm. himself. What's With Teddy Bridgewater, I'm looking at the, the numbers. not Outside of Peterson at 58 yards, no receiver had more than 38 yards receiving. What? It's like Mike Zimmer's dream, a game that you don't need to do that. Do they, they run the ball? They ran the ball 40-something times. The defense just dominates so much. Where's your boy Charles Johnson, Mark? He's, he's not showing up in this box score, <laughs> so I'm going to have to wait a week on that enthusiasm. The uh, Lions team of ATL, Yeah, Ooh. they're on life support. Very oh. They're 0-2. Listen to their next three games. Versus Broncos, at Seattle, versus Cardinals. Mm. Wow. By the way, they, they also lucky play one and four. Right. They play in a dome, so they need to be super exciting You're right. for us to and get in that situation. They have inherent failure DNA. Why do you want to get behind a team that you know is going to blow games consistently throughout the season? You're out, Lions! You're the out. Lions running backs had 12 carries and 18 rushing yards. And if you remember, the Vikings defense allowed 230 rushing yards the, the week before. 
And that is mm. week ruining. one to week two, weird stuff happens. Yeah. Well, they're right? ruining. Although one thing here that's consistent is the Lions' offense. Of all the games that I rewatched, like one of the most surprising things was how truly bad the Lions' offense was. The score and the fact that the game was close against the Chargers, uh, you know, made you think, yeah, they were okay. It was a normal Lions game. They did not look right, and now it looks like that happened two straight weeks. What do we get from Calvin Johnson coming off he a bad game involved. in week one? Uh, he had 10 catches and a touchdown in oh, this one. Oh, that's I mean, good. The week before, only two catches. So he was more involved, at least. Matthew Stafford's your leading rusher. You got problems. He was hit eight times. Got like, problems. he had a tough mm. day in the pocket. All right. Uh, before we let me just backtrack one game. Uh, this I saw this on Twitter. I think it was an ESPN stat. The Raiders, Jaguars, Browns, Buccaneers, and Redskins all won today. That is the first time that has ever happened in NFL history. Really? No wonder I, Mark's I, in a good mood. No, I saw that tweet and I was like, wait, is this a joke from ESPN Stats and Info? And it's not. And it's, I mean, it is maybe six of the worst teams in football, and they haven't for a long time. So, Bizarre. well, and the Jaguars haven't been around that long. So that, well, that helps. It's, it's like, uh, around 20 for 20 years. 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 It's a weird stat. I don't know, like, if you put combinations of any five teams, that you might come up with some weird uh, consecutive streak, but it did feel like a day, we've been talking about this, that a lot of the week one narratives are flipped, and, and there are very few teams that don't have something to feel good about going into week three. The Lions are one of them, though. That sounds like a really <laughs> <laughs> horrific uh, assignment to foist upon our stats and info department. <laughs> find us a combination, combination yes. of five teams, any as many combinations as you can find. <laughs> the stat of infamy. <laughs> All right. I and, like that kind of party. And <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike Singletary. <laughs> and finally, Cam Newton passed for 195 yards. Oh, boy. Ran for 77 more. And the Carolina defense held at the end of the game a 24-17 win over the winless Houston Texans, who do not look like a hard knocks team that's going to be hoisting the Lombardi. It's never happened. Colleen, Newton doesn't have great weapons, but the Panthers are off to a 2-0 start. I mean, it really is all right now on Cam's shoulders. I, did you see the flip into the end zone Yeah. over Raheem Moore? It's demoralizing, Jerome Simpson, right? but with, you know, <clears throat> lasting talent. Yeah. Exciting. By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, you could uh, check that play out. Also, Cam Plug. Newton said about that flip, he, oh, after the game, he said, my heart was in my socks. As I was flipping, I was like, Gross. hey, I don't know how this is going to end. So that's comforting. Mm. When what a bloody mess. <laughs> he's basically carrying the team. Yeah, but uh, not, I mean, hey, the Panthers, they average 5.2 yards per carry as well, but Cam was also their lead rusher with 76 yards. Two, two, wow, two very <laughs> uh, wow. ugly moments in this game. One, uh, A.J. Klein, big interception in the second half, and some of the crowd for the Panthers chanted, uh, cheered Luke. Luke Keekley oh. has a concussion. Oh, no. Bad profiling, bros, in the crowd. Well, <laughs> both quarterbacks finished the game in the Gabbard Total profile. So. Other, uh, other one, Ryan Mallett doing the Superman uh, celebration. Let's talk about that. When they're the down seven move? points in the like, four minutes left in the Why game. Why is he doing that? He, he is a near-do-well. To... Come at Cam? Well, he, he scored a touchdown. He did the Superman pose. But at the time, it's like they, he had had, he was, you know, playing terribly. I, yeah, he played a terrible I game. Wrote, I wrote uh, during the Hard Knocks uh, recaps, I wrote how part of the season was trying to figure out if his if, if J.J. Watt's teammates actually liked him or not or if they were just, mm. you know, reverent him because he was such a great player. And I concluded that I don't think he really has many friends and he's not really well-liked as a personality, but he's so <laughs> great. That people come to him and talk to him about football, so he has status. 
There's no way anybody likes Ryan Mallett oh, on the Texans. Look, one, that guy is a jerk. Look at him. Look at that. Look at him rip the hey, jersey Mallett, open. One preening schmo is enough in this game. I disagree. <laughs> Mallett was the guy who wouldn't leave the old, uh, you know, beach ball uh, four square game they had in the locker room. He, I think like <laughs> some of the guys at the bottom of the roster like him. But that's a that's a hard knocks. Uh, I don't think Mallett deep, is like uh, he's not Machiavellian enough. He's just sort of a numbskull, and it's hard to dislike a numbskull, isn't There's it? There's no oh, way man. Ryan Mallett will ever win five games in the NFL as a starter. I'll put a sandwich That's on a yeah, both of these Yeah, Bill O'Brien, give me a break. It's a, the, both these quarterbacks stink. It's a tough spot because you switch quarterbacks in week two, and then Ryan Mallett has 4.2 yards per attempt. I mean, if, if Brian Hoyer had had this game, everyone would be calling for him to you know be benched, and now Mallett has it. It's like, oh, what do you do? I would honestly, the Broncos did this against the Cowboys back in like 1991 in a game or 92. They rotated quarterbacks every series. I would just do it all week long, every every. <laughs> well, game. I think you're getting to the point where it's going to be every game. Ryan, why not? Every Ryan other Mallett game. threw 58 passes. How do you what? expect to ever win? You look at the first half. They had three points <laughs> and 93 <laughs> yards. Wow. The Panthers have successfully played the ugliest game in back-to-back weeks. But they are 2-0 and with wins. I mean, this is kind of like Ron Rivera's dream. Play ugly football. Only play teams in the AFC South. You know, it's perfect. Hmm. All right. <laughs> That's watchable. It. That's it. That's Sunday's schedule of the NFL. Hey, TD. How you doing, yes, buddy? Yes, sir. How you going? Uh, how was today's show? I thought it was a good show. It was so good of a show. I'm going to hit you with one of these. Oh, oh. Gotta do it. That's gotta do it. TD just did the Superman thing. Gotta do it. Uh, ensuring heel status deepens. Uh, we will be back. I like on... the third tech guy. Could care less about TD's antics. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, we will be back. That is on... not a tech guy, by the way. Just so you know. It's not a tech guy. No. I don't. Wait, he's working very hard. He's Mark, wait, disrespectful. Yeah, I am respectful. I don't know the exact position. He's in a technical position. He's doing an excellent job. Will Power, technical director. Technical director. That's tech. He's the TD. Will. How am I off? Sorry. The technical director. Okay. Let's let's get out of here. Okay. Let's salvage it. We have to leave. We will be back on Tuesday. Hey, Colleen, thank you for dropping by. This was wonderful. I think we should do this regularly. Why not? It's we so make this nice a thing. Yes. yes. All right. So, All right. Colleen, come back next week, cool. uh, and we'll be back on Tuesday with the Monday Night Recap, all that good stuff. Until then, this is Dana Hansen signing off for the. <laughs> Too soon on the drop there. Do that man. again. There we go. Yeah. Listen. All right. You got to see it up. That was, that was on me. That was we'll on be, me. Uh, it was. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing up for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the wolf woman, Greg, who's the boss, and TV behind the glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.